Well, you've heard the saying many times, the ends don't justify the means. However, in our political discourse, we've heard many Christians making that exact argument, at least when it comes to abortion. The argument goes this way. We might need to vote for immoral men because we need another Supreme Court justice or we need another senator to overturn Roe v. Wade. Here's the question. Can abortion ever become illegal in America? Is that how we change the course of abortion? I've got some thoughts on today's show. Fairly Spiritual, coming up. They say that I cannot do what you've called me to. It is not possible, unattainable. I will never see it through. But you've spoken by your word. Your Holy Spirit's leading me. You are my only one. You're the only one worth living for. So I'm dreams with you well thank you for listening to today's show and any show frankly and thanks for sharing it with other people that's what you're doing right and that's what you do every day you go on twitter and facebook and say hey listen to the fairly spiritual show well even if you don't so glad you are listening today well yesterday in uh, alabama uh, there was a senate race showdown an election with quite a bit of drama and the winner is doug jones the democrat doug jones in a state in Alabama that does not elect Democrats to the Senate. How did this happen? Well, I think whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, uh, you'll say at one level it happened because the Republicans did not put up a very good candidate, at least a very electable candidate by the name of Judge... (laughs) Sorry, I don't know why I was struggling with the name. Judge Roy Moore... Uh, And so uh, I don't want to get into all the details of what happened in this election. I want to get at a bigger principle. And and in this um, podcast, you're going to find me digging into some controversial topics, into some deeper topics. But the goal is to get at the bigger issue and hopefully to get at the bigger issue where we can maybe find some common ground or maybe we can look at things in a less partisan way or less binary way where it's just one side against the other side, you know, God's chosen people versus the heathens that maybe there's a more complex narrative to look at, or maybe just a narrative that is not being traced or looked at in the media or even in uh, the popular church. I know we can have these discussions one-on-one, but you might not necessarily see them in the blogosphere. So here is one of the biggest uh, arguments that I saw uh, with the Judge Roy Moore um, dilemma. Uh, Regardless of your views on the accusations against him, and I I don't have any reason not to believe uh, the women who made accusations against Judge Roy Moore about harassment uh, or at least uh, inappropriate interactions uh, with um, teenagers. Uh, again, if, if you, by the way, if you don't believe those accusations, you have a right to believe that. I have a right to my opinion. I, I, I just, I don't believe these people were paid off and I, I just, I just believe them. Uh, but, you know, 
outside of this, there's been there's a group of people, and this has been an argument that is to me probably just as troubling. And and you'll you'll see these interviews, they're they're all over where people will be like, well, you know, even if he did these things, uh, they're not that bad, or even if they're sort of bad, they're not as bad as abortion. And and you've you've heard these arguments, right? This is I'm not making something up. So let's just follow this argument. Let's get outside of the idea of whether things happen or not. But the, but there's been a lot of people, and, and I'm sorry even just to minimize that to go, oh, let's oh, it doesn't matter whether it happened, because it very much does matter uh whether these things happened. But this is the world we live in, so I'm just going to try to follow the argument with someone, uh, the kind of arguments that I've seen Christians make. And they've said things like this. Uh, well, you know, even if these things have happened, they're not nearly as bad as the murder of babies. And this is the problem with talking about this topic. By the end of this topic, I will be accused as... Um, validating or loving the murder of babies. No matter how I talk about it, this is so highly charged. Right now, even as I'm talking, some people's ears are just closing off. They already assume they know where I'm going. And you don't. You don't know where I'm going. You're like, I, I do not. No, you actually do not know where I'm going. And I don't, I don't necessarily know where everyone is on this, but we have such a polarized discussion and we have such a flip the switch kind of discussion that immediately that's what happens. And so you know this argument. Here is the argument. Well, we need a Republican because Republicans are against abortion, and so uh, the Republican will be sent to the Senate, and they'll have a majority, and they'll be able to, what, put more laws against abortion, or more, um, it was the argument for Trump, they'll be able to put another Supreme Court justice in who's against abortion, and eventually Roe v. Wade will be overturned, and abortion will be made illegal. That's the extreme, the purest form of that argument. The argument is our candidate has been crusading against abortion. They believe abortion is wrong. They believe abortion is murder. We're against murder. Aren't you against murder? And then they'll say, well, I could never support someone who is for murder. So if you vote for the Democrat, you're for murder. You're pro-murder. And once you get into that place, there's really no going in, in any other direction. I did a radio show for five years, a daily show from 4 to 6 p.m., and it was live, so you'd say all kinds of things, and sometimes you just say things off the top of your head, so, that, you know, it wasn't always, I didn't always parse things very well. And even in this podcast, I don't really edit much out. I just want to be just kind of like we're having a discussion, we're talking over, you know, tea or coffee, we're just hanging out. But one of the areas where I receive the meanest, most nasty, angry, hurtful emails was whenever I talked about anything that touched upon abortion. Or if I ever remotely implied that a candidate or a Democrat had said something moral or something that was Christ-like, I would, I would receive an email like, how can you support that baby killer? Something like that. And in this argument, there's the argument that if the issue is, if we want to rid the world of abortion, then we need to vote for senators and House of Representatives and presidents who are against abortion, and we can rid the United States of abortion. So I'm just going to give you, this is the kind of way that I talk to my kids about this. These are the kinds of ways that I would talk to uh, someone in my church about this. This is my heart, and this has come from, uh, you know, personal, my theological convictions as a pastor, as someone who's, you know, just 
studied in that way, but I don't want to use it as, oh, you know, I got more education, so I know more because, okay, I don't. I don't, we all, we all make our own decisions here. Uh, also, as someone who's uniquely been able to see a lot of this from the talk radio side for five years and all the propaganda and all the people who sent me emails and all the different guests I had and the different things that have come out. So I've seen a lot of the political side as well. Uh, personally, for me, though, I want you to understand this right up front. I understand that everything I say is going to be incredibly incomplete. And you know why? Uh, I'm a man. And uh, as a man, I never in my life, in my past, in my present or my future, I never remotely have the risk of b becoming pregnant, okay? That just would never happen to me. And so everything I'm talking about is hypothetical. And I think that matters. You know, sometimes people say, well, it doesn't matter. You know, truth is truth, and I can speak the truth. And just because I'm a man, I can speak the truth. And, you know, my opinion is just as important as your opinion. And I could say, yeah, but you know what? It's just different. So I know that. I mean, and, and there's women listening right now where you'll be like, Doug, you know, you think you know, but you don't. And you're right. I don't. So I'm going to speak as a man, but even the cost of anything I'm saying, it's just different. It's a different cost to me. I don't know. I've never remotely worried about becoming pregnant. I know that sounds ridiculous, right? But that's the whole point, right? I just, I've never even, so these things that I'm talking about, the consequences of them, uh, the people who carry them out are women. Men, there's consequences that affect them as well. Certainly there's, it's, but the, the actual, you know, the reality uh, is is rooted in the fact that women are, are the ones who are are dealing with this in in the most you know profound ways. So for me, I I believe abortion is is wrong. It's not it's not what God wants. It's not God's desire for life. Just from a purely you know is that is that what should happen to a life? I would say no. I believe that. I, I, I believe abortion's wrong. But my issue, so then my issue is how can we facilitate a world where the fewest amount of abortions happen? Like how can we facilitate a world where abortion is an option that people don't choose or they don't have to choose? How can we be in that kind of world? And the reason I think that way is because I think this argument that we will outlaw abortion someday is a completely false argument. And I'll tell you why. If you're going to make laws against abortion, like let's just follow the logic. People say abortion is murder, and I'll just follow your logic and say abortion is murder. Okay, well, if abortion is murder, and you're going to make a law that it's murder, then you're going to have to throw women in jail. You're going to have to follow that logic. You're going to have to take any woman who's had an abortion and throw her in jail. You're going to have to take that 16-year-old that 17-year-old girl, and throw her in jail. Uh, she went out uh, after the dance, uh, had unprotected sex, or was put in a compromising position uh, where even maybe sexual relations, where complications of that, wasn't ready for this, but didn't have the voice to say no. But it's a situation where, you know, you're not going to be able to say that, you know, it was unwanted, but it certainly might not have been wanted. It was just one of those situations where a terrible sexual encounter, and uh, now she's pregnant. And she has a home where her parents 
are strongly anti-abortion and strongly, you know, the right people don't have sex before marriage and she's afraid to go home. She's afraid to talk to her abusive dad. I mean, these, these things aren't like hypotheticals. I pastor a church. I've been around abusive people, angry people, harmful. These people exist. And whether, whether 10% of the population is like this or 15% of the population is like this, these are the kinds of worlds that children are conceived in. So if that young girl or that young teenager in her fear has an abortion, you say, well, we make abortion illegal. And so, you know, the abortion clinics won't be open. Well, guess what? They'll go somewhere just as uh, drugs are illegal. People can find drugs just as they'll go somewhere. And uh, now we have to charge that woman with a crime because now she's a murderer. And are we going to throw her in jail? Well, you, you have to. You got to. Well, it's the, that baby's a life. And I do believe that child is a life. And, and so you can't, you can't say, well, sort of a life and sort of a different thing. If you're going to follow that legal code, you'd say, well, we're, we're going to throw this woman in jail. We're going to throw every woman in jail who's had an abortion. Some people are saying, well, that's not quite fair. There's also men involved in this. There's boyfriends who, are, who have pressured people. There's other people. Who pre- so we're going to need to do that as well. We're going to have to figure out who we throw in jail as well. And I, and I, if if I look at it, even if you do uh, studies now, even people who are against abortion, and you say, do you think women who have abortions should be put in jail for life? I'd be like, well, no, I don't think that. Well, then you're not following your logic through because you either think it's murder or that is equal to the murder of a human life that's born. Like people feel that they feel like, well, you know, if a one year old is murdered, something, and I'm just gonna follow this logic out. They believe someone should be thrown in jail, right? Well, if if in the womb, then the person should be thrown in jail. But we don't think that way, and we're not going to follow through that way. And even if you think that way, the majority of the population is never going to start throwing uh, young teenage girls in jail for having abortions. They're just not. So even if you believe it's wrong, we're, we're not going to be able to enforce a law like that. You're not going to put people in shackles and throw them in prison. Here's the other one, and it's true. The statistics of how many people have had abortions right now in every church, and this is not hyperbole, this is true. In every single church, you're sitting next to people who've had abortions. You are. Women who speak up in the women's Bible study, who maybe sing in your choir, who sing on the worship team, who are actively involved, who who take care of your kids, who are work in the nursery, who have had an abortion. Now, some of them are okay with that. Some, it was a terrible thing in their life and they, they regret it, and they had, but they've had an abortion. And, and if you think they all should be round up and thrown in prison, then you better follow that logic. Because it's not those other people, those, those wicked liberals out there. It's just people. And many, many, many people. If you look at it, you know, the, the idea is if we have uh, uh, the like I, I think about this uh, sex trafficking right now, it's just huge, right? There's sex trafficking and human trafficking and prostitution and, and there's pregnancies that happen with prostitution and also pregnancies that happen with drug addiction and someone who's drug addicted gets pregnant 
and they understand that if they have this child, that that child's going to grow up addicted or, or grow up into this terrible life. And so they make this decision to end that life because they know and even coming out of this, they can't come out of that life. They're caught in this level of crime. They're caught in this level of deception. They're caught in this level. If they tell somebody else about this, they could be thrown in jail. Their friends could be thrown in jail. The people who control them could be thrown in jail. All these things. And so they, they end that life in the womb. And then we're going to throw them in jail. You see, we can make these arguments and they sound really good. And we can rally a crusade of people and say, you know, we need to make America God's country and we need to stand against abortion. And I believe that abortion is not God's desire for his creation. But I don't know if outlawing abortion is going to bring the solution that we want. In fact, I think we're going to have to do a lot more difficult stuff, a lot more holistic stuff. And here's the problem. What I often see politically is some of the people who are rallying against abortion saying, I don't don't like abortion are unwilling to fund many of the other things that would actually prevent abortion. If we value life, then we should value adoption. And I'll tell you right now, adoption is extremely expensive. It's extremely difficult. It's not easy. Because if we want children to be born into this world, and they've been born into these crisis situations, for many of these children, it would not be a healthy environment for them to stay with that mother or that family. So then we need to invest money and resources. And you can't just say, oh, just have the church do it, because most churches can barely support themselves. Most churches, the pastor, it's bivocational. They can't even pay the pastor's salary, let alone take care of the life of a child that's born into the world. All this mythology of, oh, you know, the church will just take care of it. If you look at the statistics of church budgets, churches, when it comes to benevolence, they might you know, give some Christmas presents away and some shoeboxes during Christmas, but the idea of taking care of a life for the rest of that life, that is a strategic thing that requires planning for the rest of that child's life. And so it's going to take us as a nation to actually fund things like, like actually uh, adoption processes and, and, and care and medical care for children and for babies for those babies who are born with addiction, for those babies that are born into poverty. It's going to require that our social service agencies, when it comes to children, that we have the best social service agencies to help children who are born into really bad environments. In fact, if we value life, we should have the best. We should invest in the best social service agencies. And yet, Often with the news stories, we find most social service workers are stretched so thin where they're with you know, the hundreds of cases because we can barely fund caring for the most needy in our culture. If we value life, then we're going to invest in the best education so that people don't get pregnant. You know, I, I, I want everyone to know Christ. And I want everyone to have the same kind of life I had of purity in the sense of, you know, I was a virgin when I got married and my wife was a virgin. And I think virginity is a is how we're supposed to enter into the marriage covenant. But for people who don't believe that, then we need to educate them and sex education. And Christians should be leading the charge in that. And my kids are smart enough to have their own moral code and their own moral force and to be able to understand sex education. 
And if they're not, I'm, I'm, I'm raising them wrong. Kids can be brilliant. They can have their moral understanding and they can also understand how procreation occurs, how babies are made, and how babies cannot be made if people use the right protection. And we can have those complicated discussions and we can talk about this is what we believe about sexuality and this is what we believe about where sex, sex belongs in, in marriage. But we can also say this, but, but if you believe differently than us, please don't ever put yourself in a position where you'll get pregnant. We can have those kinds of discussions without shame and without fear. And we can facilitate that education in other environments. Sadly, sometimes the people who are championing against abortion are quiet on all these other issues. They're unwilling to invest the money. And here, here is the reality. This is my firm belief. Abortion is being used as a wedge issue in politics by people who could care less about abortion. It's using by political figures who could care less. Now, I believe there's Christians who care about abortion, and I believe there are some political figures who care about abortion, but I believe there's a vast majority of political figures who know that there'll actually never be anything really done to deal with abortion. So they talk about the issue to manipulate Christians to vote for them and their agendas. I firmly believe this. It's one of those issues, it's one of the dangers of any party just focus, with any group focusing with one party. If, if a whole group says we'll only vote with one party, they don't ever have to give you anything. Like if they know they have your vote, like for evangelicals have done this, like if the Republicans know they have your vote, they don't really have to do anything for you because they know they have your vote. They can promise you stuff about abortion, but they know they have your vote. They know you're not going to vote for Democrats, so they don't actually ever have to do anything. Teachers find this sometimes with Democrats. Democrats will say, hey, you know, teachers are going to vote for us. And so, you know, they'll come in and they'll rally and then they don't do anything for them. We find this now uh, even with uh, uh, Doug Jones. There was something like 98% of African-American women voted for Doug Jones. And what you're seeing right now on Twitter, they're saying, hey, you know, you, you call in African-Americans to vote for Democrats. But here's the deal. If your platform doesn't represent our needs, we might just not come in and vote for you. But in my opinion, Christians have been manipulated just to say, hey, you know, we got them. We're just going to throw the moral issue out there. We'll say, hey, you want to end abortion? Don't go with that baby killer. But the reality is they know. They know you can't. If you put a law in that makes abortion illegal, you're going to start throwing women in jail. No, you're not. So how are you going to deal with this? You're going to have to deal with it with the social causes. You're going to have to deal with it with the, ed with the education. You're going to have to deal with it with actually working on the hearts of people helping with the problems on all sides before people enter into sexual relationships, when, when, when actually conception occurs, and then how do you help when a baby is born into this world? It's going to be a holistic solution. Now, just by saying these things, some people are angry at me, and I, I, I don't even know the fact that we're in that place. Now, here, here's to me where I think this whole concept where they'll say, Doug, you know, you're being morally relative. I'll just, you're just being morally relative. I got to stand for the truth. And I, and I heard this people are, this is why people didn't support Obama with healthcare. They'll say, I don't want $1 of mine to go towards abortion. And I don't want to argue about all the things about where money actually went, but let's just follow that logic. I've heard people say this. I don't want $1 of mine to support abortion. I've heard Christians say this all the time. I don't want $1 of mine to support abortion. And you know what? That's not true for most Christians. 
And I'll tell you how it isn't. Most Christians that I hear say that, who say, I don't want one dollar of mine to go to abortion. If I ask them this next question, I say, are you a strong supporter of Israel? And most of them will say, yeah. They'll say, yeah, I'm a strong supporter. I go, are you a strong supporter of the nation of Israel? Do you think the U.S. should be a strong supporter of the nation of Israel? I might even ask them a question. Do you think we should give economic support to help Israel stand as a nation? And almost every single person will say yes. The same people who say, you know, not one dollar of my money should go towards abortion in America are the same people who say, I think we should be strong supporters of Israel and even support Israel. Well, the next thing I'll tell them is, do you know that in Israel, they pay, their government pays for abortions? In fact, I think it was 2014, they made it law that any woman who wants an abortion between the ages of 20 and 33, regardless of circumstances, the government will pay for that abortion. They actually, before that, had a a board that you would come to the board and they would, they would grant you an abortion on these four issues. If you were younger than 18 or older than 40, you could have an abortion. If you conceived under illegal circumstances, such as rape and incest, or outside of marriage, so if you conceived basically with having an affair, you could have an abortion. Or if there was a birth de- defect, or if there were health risks to the mother. That was the initial uh, board. That, that happened even before 2014. And what they found is people would just pick one of those categories, like health risk, you could always say, well, it's mental health issues. And so people would just pick a category and it's like 95% of the time or 98% of the time they would agree to the abortion and uh, they would pay for it. Now, there was something like half of the abortions in Israel still occurred outside of that process uh, illegally. But even these illegal things, they they never uh, prosecuted anyone. But from 2014 on, They said, if you're between 20 and 33, you don't need any reason, and our government will pay for abortion. Now, again, I'm not getting into the issues of whether that's right or wrong. I'm just saying, here they are. Israel is paying for abortions, and we pay money to help Israel. Our money goes to support abortion in Israel. People say, oh, no, no, our money goes to help with what? With military issues or whatever. But because we pay this money towards military, they can take other money and give it to supporting abortion. Now, if I came to someone and said, do you think we should not support Israel? They said, well, no, no, we still need to support Israel. I I don't like this abortion thing, but it's still important to support Israel. But, you know, there's these other, it's complicated, Doug. And I'm like, yes, exactly. It's complicated, isn't it? That's not moral relativism. It's real world issues that at one level you can support Israel, but you can also realize that there's other things going on and you don't like the fact that they're supporting abortion here, but you still think it's a value that you'll support Israel. So you support Israel as your national candidate, even though there's other things that do that you don't agree with. And I don't call you a baby murderer because you support Israel. So I'm not going to call you a baby murderer because you support Israel. So I'd like it if you wouldn't call me a baby murderer because I might support a Democratic candidate over a Republican candidate. That you can have a candidate like Tim Kaine who can say, I'm personally against abortion, but uh, within the legal process, I think there still should be room for it to happen. That that person can have some complex view. And even if you're like, I don't know if I agree with that completely, that there might be some in-between reasons there. Now, I know for some, this is not good enough. There'll be this one or the other. It's like you're, you're either a baby murderer or you're not a baby murderer. And here's the problem with that too. When you say that kind of language, that suppresses the dialogue around you because I know that there are people around you when they hear that, they'll never tell you the story about the abortion they had 
and, and the ways they're trying to process that and deal with that fact. And I also know that young girl who just got pregnant, she's not going to go near you. I know this offends some people, and I was, I was trying to decide whether I would do today's show because there's no way I get out of this fine. But you know what? I'm a dude. I'm a man. I don't face these consequences. Women face these consequences. And here's the bigger issue. Here's the bigger issue to me. If we want to really deal with abortion, then we need women in leadership positions. We need more women as pastors, more women as leaders, more women in the Senate, more women in the House of Representatives, more women Republicans, more women Democrats. You know why I would respect the, the, and people go, well, we had women Republicans and they made fun of them, but okay, here's the, like, I think about Palin where people made fun of her. Well, you know, the reality is uh, I just think we need more women, more women, more normalized, more women Democrats, more women Republicans, just more, more, more. And then I'm going to be much more respecting of the discussions and the debates that occur when women discuss these things than when men make the discussions and the decisions. We need more women medical professionals, more women nurses and doctors and lawyers, people who deal with the complications, the realities, and look at their perspective. And yes, I give more weight to their perspective than the guys' perspectives. I do. So I brought this up because I think it's complicated. I, I saw that Beth Moore tweeted this uh, last night. Beth Moore, she writes in conservative circles. She's by no way some radical uh, progressive feminist. But she's been fed up with how we've kind of made, I don't know, how we've just, we're promoting immoral men. And you could see she was fed up with the way that uh, what's going on in Alabama. And after the election results were in, she tweeted this. She said, little girls, there's hope on the horizon tonight for a land where you can grow up to be big girls, strong girls, seen girls, heard girls who know how to stand up tall, throw your shoulders back, lift your chins high and loudly say no. Now she's talking about the idea that you have a right to speak out when you've been abused and harmed. And then, by the way, Beth Moore then has this, this wonderful article on how consent is more complicated and sometimes when when women are young or young girls or young teenagers, they don't know how to say no or they haven't been taught to say no, but it doesn't mean that anyone had a right to use them or harm them. And then I looked at the responses to Beth Moore's beautiful tweet, and there were all these people saying, what about abortion and those murderers of babies? We got to deal with this issue. We got to find a way to come together and deal with it. I want to eliminate as many abortions as possible, but I am not someone who wants to throw women in jail for life for having an abortion. I want to work together as much as I can with health professionals, and leaders, people who work with, with the poor, with the needy, with the abused, the broken, the forsaken, the forgotten. I want to work in any ways that help bring life into the world and bring healthy family systems into being. And where we disagree, I want to find a way to talk in a civil way where the conversation doesn't immediately dissolve to baby murderer. And if you're listening right now and you've had an abortion, I want you to know that I love you. And I just want you to know that. And if I said anything today to hurt you or to harm you, I'm sorry. 
I love you. God loves you. God's with you. God knows you. And God is what you need, and God is what I need. Okay? All right. Hey, if you would like to know more about me, you can go to fairlyspiritual.org. You can pick up my latest book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. Uh, Go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org. Okay, I'll see you next time. They say that I cannot do what you've called me to. It is not possible, unattainable. I will never see it through. But you've spoken by your word. Your Holy Spirit's leading me. You are my only one. You're the only one worth living for. So I'm My dreams with you